make an impact on your interactive marketing through performance, advertising, community outreach, and technology. Be captivated by the people who are leading the wave of change in the online marketplace. This is who AdTech is. AdTech Connect, your weekly radio show. Get behind the scenes with industry giants. Be privy to the insider track. Witness the newest technologies. Make sure you're in the scene each week with AdTech Connect. You're connected now with your host. Welcome to the AdTech Connect on webmasterradio.fm, and I'm your host, Pete Blackshaw. In addition to serving as CMO of Buzz Monitoring Firm IntelliSeq, I'm also a longtime AdTech board member. We have a superb lineup of thought leaders in the interactive marketing space lined up for our show today, all of whom will be presenting at the upcoming AdTech conference in New York. First, we'll hear from Russ Navi. Russ is the founder of WebShots, one of the fastest-growing photo-sharing sites on the web. Many of you may also know Russ from his writing on CNET. Russ is also, I will add, the proud father of twins, something I can identify with, having just uh, had twins arrive recently. We also have um, Kathleen Gasparini of LabelNetworks.com, who will enlighten us with all sorts of fascinating perspective related to teen insights, especially those early trendsetters. She's a senior VP and founding partner of Label Network. She's also the founding editor of Power and Snowboarder magazine and also the editor of the former editor of Women's Sport and Fitness magazine. Looking forward to her. Lastly, we have Laura Lang, who's the president of Digitas, one of the top interactive marketing agencies out there, and they've been around for quite some time. She leads Digitas's client-facing organization, the company's new business endeavors. She brings about 20 years of experience in brand management, product management, and strategic consulting. We are delighted to have her on board. So with that, let's start off with our very, very first guest, Ross. Welcome to the AdTech Connect show. Hi, Pete. Good to be here. So you have been incredibly busy. Every time I go to WebShots, the numbers increase. It must be absolutely fascinating for you. Um, I just typed in the word babies. It's a word I can't resist these days, and I saw that there were over 2 million baby photos, and I'm sure the total numbers are even bigger if you type in different variations, toddler, tot, and the like. What is going on? Well, we've just seen explosive, explosive growth in, in our collection of user-generated photos. Um, when we, when WebShots was acquired by CNET last August, we were at 80 million in our collection of uh, public photos, and we just hit a major milestone just a month ago and hit 250 million. That's a quarter billion. That's a lot of photos, and it, it's really amazing how you can get lost and pulled into the power of photo search, like you just did with with the word babies. Um, I challenge you to type in your uh, hometown or a hobby or anything that you're passionate about, and you'll be so surprised at the content that's there, the good content that's, that's there. So, yeah, we're, we're growing like crazy. So, you know, my training's from Procter & Gamble, and everything there is all about understanding unmet consumer needs. What is the unmet consumer need being satisfied by these photo-sharing sites, and specifically websites? What's the driver? The unmet consumer need is that people want to express themselves about things that they're passionate about. And we make it so easy for them. Photo sharing is the most approachable form of consumer-generated content. And we take it mainstream. We've been around for 10 years, and we have over 11 million uniques that come to the site every month regularly. 
to upload personal photos, download photos, use their screensavers, and just explore and, and enjoy for entertainment value all these wonderful photos that we have. And what are the big topics? I mean, if I were looking at it as a big focus group and I wanted to know what are the, the big topics that people are gravitating around, what are they? Is it family-related stuff? Is it around events like Katrina? I mean, what's, what's filling up the space, so to speak? Yeah, a, a lot are around general life events, right? So seasonal things that you'd expect like proms and college parties and, and back-to-school um, family reunions in the summer, holidays, and the like travel in the summer. But we have had quite a big collection of um, uh, albums that chronicle what's happened with, with Hurricane Katrina, and we featured that in a, in a subtle editorial way right on our, our front door. And how about with brands? So oftentimes, whether intended or not, you'll look at these photos, you'll see a box of Pampers in the background, you might see Tide, you might see an electronics product. Sometimes they're portrayed in a positive sense, um, often in a negative sense. I mean, how should brands start to be thinking about their equity in the context of millions of consumers posting images? Is it an opportunity? Is it a threat? Do they need to pay attention to it today, tomorrow? Well, I think they have to be careful. Um, marketers and their agencies really need to find safe havens. And, you know, the often unruly world of consumer-generated content. Blogs and social networks, um, for example, aren't moderated and um, can be dangerous places. And here at WebShots, what we've done and why we've become so popular and a trusted site over the past 10 years is we put it all together in a really good set of Internet safety best practices. We've got these four pillars. We have industry-leading photo approval um, that the process, we have a team of reviewers that work around the clock, and they watch for inappropriate content, and if they see it, they're going to remove it. We tell our members what they can and, and can't um, post on the site. No nudity, no bigotry, no illegal activities, no cruelty to animals, no copyright infringements. Um, we, we help them with some good web sense. You know, we teach them how to make an album public and private. Um, be careful with your captioning. Don't put your street address next to a picture of you and, and your baby. Just good common web sense, right? And then like Disney, we link over to good educational sites like uh, GetNetWise. All this is to make the site as equivalent of a PG-13 site as possible. Keep it fun, but we also want to keep it safe. You know, like you said a minute ago, um, it can be pretty dangerous if, if you... Uh, as a brand manager, go over to Zanga or MySpace or, or LiveJournal. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to want to associate the WebShots brand there. But there are safe havens, and um, WebShots is one of them. I mean, do you have any thoughts on how brand builders might begin to exploit this medium, both for the better and the worse. I mean, I, I look at, you know, um, you know, brand websites, Pampers and Huggies, and I keep thinking to myself, why the heck aren't they doing the same thing? If, in yeah. fact, you know, sharing baby photos is the big core unmet consumer need, why aren't they capitalizing on that? Um, the other related question is, is there a risk of advertisers get, getting too far deep into it? Will we start to see product placement start to creep into the images, almost as a sneaky way of working in brands? And have you thought about any of that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got me on number two because I have a funny story to share with you there. But on number one, um, there, there are opportunities for savvy marketers to get involved right away, um, immediately jump in in smart ways um, to aligning their brand with relevant content, talking with passion groups, and you know, tapping this 
elusive new type of consumer that's in control. And what we do on WebShots, along with our traditional display ads, so yes, we, we have the MPUs and the skyscrapers and the leaderboards, but we have these really, really innovative marketing um, programs that uh, integrate the brand and marketing messages with the user experience. For instance, I'm going to tell you about two. Um, we run photo contests, and uh-huh. we have custom galleries. So Hewlett-Packard ran a cutest baby photo contest. Epson did a Colors of Fall. New Line Cinema just did one for the Wedding Crashers movie. I don't know if you saw it. And we hosted a photo contest for them called Life's a Party. And what I like about these is their engagement. Um, thousands of leads come out of these. You got the photos that the marker can own and, and use. You have the email. It's, it's not about getting a 0.1 or a 0.0% click-through rate, what, what are you going to do with that? You know, but here, with, with a photo contest, you have thousands of leads and, and thousands of content related to whatever theme you were running. The other one I told you about was um, custom galleries. So Warner Brothers and National Geographic just came together. I don't know if you saw the movie March of the Penguins. Um, well, they pulled together a collection of 36 beautiful photos, and they were all imprinted with really subtle marketing messages. So I laughed a minute ago because... <laughs> you kind of got me with your second point of, uh, about disguising marketing messages as, as content. And we do that here, but in a good way, and in a way that's not intrusive or disrespectful of our customers. We upload these um, the pictures that we got from um, March of the Penguins to this custom gallery, and it's available for our members to download and use as their screensaver. And the nice part about that is it stays on their PCs long after the promo. Like my friend Jessica, uh, she saw two photos that she loved. She downloaded it. It's part of her screensaver now. Every time I walk past her desk, I see it. She saw the movie. She's probably going to buy the DVD. And every time I walk by, I kind of smirk because she's looking at it for the beautiful penguin. She sees that National Geographic logo. But National Geographic loves it because they got consistent, permanent branding long after the campaign. So their dollars are spent. But they're in front of Jessica's face for months and months and months and months. That's a great way to be on the desktop and engage long-term in different ways. Well, you're speaking to a core tenant of consumer-generated media in general insofar as it leaves a digital trail that is readily accessible to others. I think that's a big reason why blogs have been so popular insofar as they tee up to the front of the shelf space on search results, and there's no question that um, content such as what you described, March of the Penguins and the like, also will mm-hmm. leave a permanent digital trail that you know, keeps on working for the brand <laughs> long after the, uh, you know, the actual event. I also think it's interesting that you use the word engagement. You know, what's so interesting about that term is that the, all the big advertisers, the ANA, the 4As, the ARF, they're converging around new metrics that go beyond reach and frequency, and engagement is the new operative term. And I think you're dead on that the whole notion of engaging more high involvement activity around the photos is potentially something that advertisers may well benefit from from a you know depth of you know depth of influence perspective would you agree i would and and you know pete the nice thing about web shots is that we're so broad and we have hundreds of categories that there's a topic for everyone so let, let me tell you another example we're talking about these custom galleries and march of the penguins air canada wanted to do one so what are they going to do put up a, a a photo of their product a plane who's going to download that as a desktop screensaver right but we help them find relevant good photos of Canada, and we built a Best of Canada collection for them to associate their brand with. So they own that gallery and all the associated content around it, 
and we helped pull that together for you. Well, that's excellent. Let's skip my new paragraph to another topic around the profile of your audience. Now, I just completed a big study that found out that people who share digital photos tend to disproportionately be influentials, influencers, mavens, whatever you want to call it. They tend to be the types of folks that like to hear about new products earlier. They hang out a lot on message boards, blogs, and the like. Are you looking to, you know, better position your site as an aggregator of higher involvement, more influential consumers? Have you thought that through? Well, yeah, that's the nice thing about working at WebShots, uh, why I love our audiences, because they are so emotionally engaged. You know, it's their content, whether they're collecting it or um, creating it. And, and there's show off, here's a great stat for you. 85% of all the albums on WebShot are made public. So they're shown off, um, and, and they, they want the world to, to see what they're doing. So what was the original question? But if a marketer went to you and said, hey, I'm looking to act, you know, I've only got 100 samples, and I want to give them to the most influential folks out there. Is there any program within WebShots where you would say, boy, let me tell you, I've got, you know, you know, 100 consumers that put up 10,000 photos a day. These guys are living, breathing megaphones on steroids. I mean, are there venues for marketers to potentially engage them on an opt-in basis, of course? Or is that yeah. even something that you're thinking about? Absolutely. Um, we haven't developed it currently, but there are ways to talk with our, our power users. Yes. Okay. And what do you define as a power user? Some of the stats on, on WebShots are, are truly amazing. We have about a million photos that are uploaded a day and That's nearly incredible. a million photos that are downloaded from the gallery day. So our audience is really, really active in an aggregate way and across all, all topics, you know, travel, toddlers we talked about before, pets, parties. And I just uploaded one today. <laughs> what, what's that? I just uploaded one today of my lovely twins. All right. All right. Well, you have to. And I made it public out of that fatherly pride. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're show off, Pete. Um, <laughs> you can have to send me an album invitation so that I, I can look at it and comment in your guest book, and, and we can connect that way. And then I'll send you a link over to, uh, to my member homepage, and, and you can see some of my albums. Well, let's um, wrap up with a, a little bit more of a, you know, and you've probably been asked this a bunch of times, but a little bit more of a difficult question. I mean, clearly a lot of these services are proliferating. Um, some have argued that, you know, they're becoming, you know, commoditized in some respects. All these blog authoring tools are allowing, you know, any, you know, Tom, Dick, or Harry to kind of, you know, put up a whole bunch of, you know, photos on their own. I mean, what's your biggest challenge from a continuing to add unique value in the marketplace so you differ and kind of maintain that stickiness that has made you so successful to date. Right. Well, what, what I think is, is so great about WebShots right now is that we already have in place a lot of the best elements from a lot of different industry categories in consumer-generated content. For instance, um, our members can express themselves like blogs, but it's easier to manage. I mean, my mom can build an online album and, and share. Um, they can connect themselves like social networks but it's about something. It's not just about connecting. It's about rock climbing or hiking or fly fishing. So it's around a topic, a passion. They can entertain themselves like media properties, but it's not produced. It's trusted. It's from real people. And, you know, they can collect for themselves like e-commerce sites and, and the post and prints, um, but it's not dependent on an album invitation. And that's the wonderful thing about WebShots and why I like working here. Our members live in an open community. Photo sharing is just a, such a great space because it, it's all about the personal photos and, and, and the passionate experience that, that they have. And we are able to take it mainstream. Well, the term that I use for this area, I call it not consumer-generated media, but I call it consumer-generated 
CGM squared, which is consumer-generated multimedia, and I truly believe that this is one of the biggest trends of the year. And I got to tell you, Russ, you have one of the coolest jobs on planet Earth. You are sitting <laughs> on top of a CGM database on steroids, and I congratulate you on your success. I wish you the very best as you continue to shape the resol- you know revolution, and we look forward to hearing much, much more from you at AdTech. And with that, we're going to be right back with Kathleen Gasparini after these commercial messages. So they got pretty good food here, huh? Uh-huh. Listen, I just got a new check from a program I joined. Oh, yeah? What effective CPM are they paying you? Pass the salt. Not sure. They just send me a check, not a detailed breakout. Are you joking? No. There's lots of ways to make money, but you need to be the master of your own destiny. With ValueClick Media, I instantly adopted a national sales force that delivers recognizable ads with high CPM payouts, mm. plus their new interface lets me control the ads I want to run and mm. tells me how much I earn from each advertiser. Wow. Doesn't that sound better? Pass the pepper. Wow. Oh, thanks for the tip. I'm going to give ValueClick Media a try. Join the ad network publishers trust most. Apply today at ValueClickMedia.com. 60-day free advertising trial on the best of the web directory. That's BOTW.org, the Internet's oldest directory since 1994. We know what you want, and we've got what you need. And hey, if you can get some free online advertising in this world with no strings attached, feel us up. I, I, I mean, feel free to take advantage of this extraordinary offer and start your no-risk 60-day free online advertising trial today. Best of the web. BOTW.org. It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby. TextLinkAds.com. Now that's AdTech Connect. You're connected now with your host. Welcome back to AdTech Connect on Webmaster Radio FM. I'm your host, Pete Blackshaw, and we just heard from Ross Novi of WebShots, and we have another illustrative participant on this show, Kathleen Gasparini from LabelNetworks.com. She is the senior VP and founding partner of Label Networks. She's also the former editor of you know, Powder Magazine and Snowboarder Magazine, and also the editor, former editor of Women's Sport and Fitness Magazine, in addition to lots of other fascinating things that she's done in her life. Kathleen, welcome. Thank you very much. Great to have you on board. Thanks. So what are you up to? Um, we're actually finishing up our European Youth Culture Consumer Research Study at the moment. Uh, we just released our North American study, and we're about to plunge into our next wave of research in Japan and China. Now, back up for a moment. You are focused on the teen audience, that ever-elusive demographic <laughs> that none of the marketers can figure out, right? Exactly, but also a little bit older, too. We, we cover 13 to 25-year-olds, so we also move into the category of 20 to 25-year-olds as well. So what makes this particular segment, the teens and tweens, so complex and challenging for marketers? I know from my Procter & Gamble experience, everyone's always scratching their heads on how to 
advertise, message, adapt to this ever-changing, styles change every minute audience. Yeah. I mean, how do you begin to it's, really... It is very elusive, but there are different ways to uh, track what's, what's taking place. Um, some of the main differences, for example, in the youth market today have to do mostly with changes in communication and technology. Those are two of the... Two of the most important things to track because uh, if you think about being a 15-year-old today and how they've grown up with certain things that a generation previous, even five years ago, um, didn't have, that's, that's really what's changed the landscape of being on top of what's taking place in the marketplace. So by that you mean we're talking about handheld like, like devices, example, text messaging, um, use of blogs, I mean... Yeah, like how uh, the iPods revolutionized music, um, you know, text messaging, using your cell phone for text messaging instead of actually calling. Um, you know, the Internet as a whole, for example, and how that's absolutely changed the landscape of the youth marketplace today and how that's impacting um, young people and also on a global basis. I mean, the youth market today isn't just kids who live in uh, North America. They see things from a, a much more broad perspective on a, on a global on a global basis. So that's one reason why we do research, for example, in other countries as well, to kind of see where some of these trends are coming from and where they're headed. Um, so for we know example, the like behavior and the lifestyles are, 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 are changing and becoming more global, but how does that impact brands? Why should brands care and how should they start to retool their marketing toolkit against these, uh, these uh, changes? They, they have to care because if they don't, they're not going to be relevant in about five years. So, you know, when you think about the youth marketplace, you really have to be on top of it in terms of doing research constantly, especially with emerging subcultures and finding out what's going on. But then also um, in order to be a part of their lifestyle, which is absolutely key to reaching this demographic, you have to know, you, you have to embed yourself within what to them is relevant. So, for example, being a part of the music scene or being part of different sports that they're interested in, um, being part of entertainment that they're interested in. And now entertainment's a very, very different landscape. It's not all about TV anymore for them. So those types of things. Now, I have to ask you, how did your experience with Powder and Snowboarder magazine, and um, how did that kind of inform your perspective or even your cutting-edge expertise in this particular area? Is that because you've been working with, you know, Youth market. Your younger consumers on yeah, the bleeding yeah, edge. Yeah, that's exactly right. I come from a journalism background, so uh, my perspective is dealing with 13 to 25-year-olds pretty much uh, from a sports angle, action sports angle, skateboarding, surfing, snowboarding, and so on. Um, but then also uh, once, <clears throat> once I moved on from there, I, I've done quite a bit of writing and freelance for different publications regarding pop culture, music, uh, fashion, and again, regarding this demographic. So when I came um, to creating label networks, that was the expertise that I brought with, to the company versus, um, you know, my connections with the youth industry and that type of thing. Now, I saw on your website, I saw this little fashion parade from like the Billabong line. Uh, what's going mm -hmm. on there? What's going on there? That was a, a trade show that we just covered. We also provide a lot of um, news stories and just information for free for people who want to come to our site and check things out. Um, because there's a lot of people who, for example, work in youth youth industries and um, need to have an idea of what's of what's taking shape. So we uh, we run different stories every single week for people to just review the Billabong Fashion Show. That was that particular story was based on um, a fashion show that took place at the Action Sports Retailer Trade Show last weekend, and that was in San Diego. Uh, it's also known as the ASR Show, and that's one of the, um, one of the top 
uh, youth-oriented shows for the surfing, skateboarding, and snowboarding industries. And those are industries that continue to define or build the waves mm-hmm. for mainstream audiences, yes, correct? Yes, they, they, and one reason for that is because they have a lot of uh, credibility in it among young people. They think that um, some of those sports provide a sense of individualism, even a sense of rebel attitude, and so the, uh, and a sense of expression, and, and that's something that today's youth market it's very, very interested in. It's just um, amazing how much that yeah. is sustained over time. I grew up in Southern California, and it yeah. was exactly that same way. Obviously, the you know the styles were a bit different, but the whole ethos of the um, you know the surfers and the skateboarders really kind of set the pace. Yeah, yeah, um, it's 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 what what we call the cred factor. If you if you can maintain that cred factor or you know, achieve it, that is what's going to sustain you in terms of being a part of the um, youth market today. And because young people have been marketed to since the day they're born, basically they're very savvy, and a lot of people don't give them the credit that they deserve in terms of discerning what is true and what is not. So it's a dif- it's a difficult task, but also it's the most exciting and the most dynamic. So we think it's fun anyway. Well, let me toggle over to a topic that I know will be discussed uh, extensively at the AdTech conference. Okay. Um, I recently completed a pretty extensive study on what I refer to as consumer-generated media behavior, how consumers use message boards, forums, blogs, and the like. And I was blown away when I saw the, the teen breakouts. Uh, I saw that 45% of teens have experimented with creating a weblog versus you know, maybe, you know, 10 to 15 percent for everyone else. What the heck is going on? Is there a fundamentally new form of community? Is it a need to be heard? Is it just because of MySpace? I mean, how should we be thinking about such vast disparities in consumers that seek to create their own, um, you know, diary yeah. megaphones, if you will? It's interesting. It's, it's all the things you mentioned. It, the, the marketplace is moving very, very niche. And one reason for that, again, is because, like I said, different changes in uh, communication and technology. And you can see that with, with MySpace. You can see that with Friendster. The, there is the appeal of wanting to be known and wanting to be um, personalized things. There's also the fact that they know how to use this technology in ways that older generations are still learning about. They've grown up with it, so it's easy for them. Uh, and then also the ability to communicate their their self, their identity, identity and expression with other people and sharing that. And so um, that's why all of these different uh, blogs and weblogs and creating your own websites in general are becoming more and more popular. Um, but also it's, it's, it's a really important subject because it's changing the landscape of how you reach young people in that general, right. for example sending out, um, trying to blanket the market with one TV ad or one campaign or something. That type of thing doesn't work anymore, and, it, and it's going to be becoming more and more niche because of some of the things that you actually just mentioned. Well, you beat me to my next question because if you look across all of the teen brands and look at their websites, you just see this huge disparity between the way cons- teens connect and interact with one another and the way brands have positioned themselves to participate in that discussion, and most of them have really kind of largely stepped away from the discussion. I mean, do you agree with that? And how should brands begin to start thinking about their online tools or venues? I mean, how do they begin to participate in that very intimate discussion taking place among connected teens? 
Well, they need to think of it differently and come from the bottom up versus the top down. Instead of, for example, just uh, dictating this is what's going on with my brand type of you know message, and being a part of what the community is all about from the bottom up, and actually maybe even making making it fun for them to be a uh, participant instead of being something that's you're actually um, just telling them what's going on. You're actually a part of their lifestyle that way. For example, um, making you know for brands, making your your site a destination, um, some place that you go not just to show what you've got, but also a place where uh, you can be a part of the creative process. I mean, one thing that's interesting about video gaming, for example, not to change the subject, but they're pretty good at getting key gamers, young gamers, to right. participate in helping develop the game itself. And so, when the game actually comes out, you already have this audience of people who know the game pretty intimately and feel a sense of ownership because they help create it. That is actually an excellent point. We've actually done quite a bit of work uh, monitoring buzz for video game companies. And if you look yep. at the brand strategy for those documents, it always opens up with win with the hard gamers. And they tend to be the excessively connected um, you know, consumers, often teens who have vast social networks and who, if dissatisfied, can create massive interference into the system and in some respects completely rebut all of the advertising claims. So obviously managing them well is absolutely critical and I have to believe that applies to many, many other dimensions of teen marketing. Well, for example, the Nike ID campaign, um, also Vans Shoes is doing this type of thing, too, whereby you can go to the site and, and create your own shoe. You can take bits and pieces of the shell toe from this shoe and the color scheme from this and then create your own customized shoe. And um, that type of thing, it's fun. It's also very personal, and um, it ha- obviously helps the brand. So those types of things, that's, that's kind of where it's headed. Excellent. Well, one last question for you. Are teens the ultimate conformists? In terms of, um, no, I don't think so. People used to think that, that they're very much, oh, once they, you know, glom onto something, then then they're just going to go with that. Not necessarily anymore. They're a much smarter and more worldly generation. The 15-year-old today is very, very different. There there comes a time when there's a changing of the guard and a new generation kind of comes into its own, and this has happened. Pretty much this year we've seen it really strong in our research, and, and that's happened. And so I don't think that they're the ultimate conformist whatsoever. If anything, they, um, they will, they're open they're, they're, oh, to seeing new things and, and trying new things, very experimental and motivated by discovery. But on the other hand, um, they're not going to conform if it doesn't fit with what they think is relevant. Any final comments you want to share before we uh, turn to our commercial messages and bring in our next guest? Yes, I, I think that today's um, landscape is changing absolutely so incredibly fast that it's very, very important for people to continue to diligently look at what's cha- taking place in the landscape and doing, and doing research, but in unique ways, uh, not necessarily in some of the traditional formats of research, but looking at things from the bottom up, that type of thing. Kathleen, you have an absolutely fascinating job. Yeah, thank and you. I hope that marketers continue to listen to you because they need a lot of help in this area. <laughs> and we hope to hear more from you at Ad Tech and Beyond. Thank All you. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You bet. Bye-bye. And with that, we're going to be right back after these commercial messages. 
A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R.com. More than a name. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Study show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearchMedia.com today. Do you sell a product or service with monster potential in the online market? Then attack the opportunity to turn your dreams into reality. Equipped with flexible e-commerce software from MonsterCommerce.com. You'll possess complete control of your store, including your storefront's design, maintenance of your products, and management of your online orders. And all with the technical support and service. Available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Grow your business today with MonsterCommerce.com. I'll tell you that. For those of you who can't see what's sitting across from me, <laughs> what? Spaghetti strap thing on. And his beautiful ghost, Brandy. It's all about the body size. <laughs> Rainmaker. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio. Now that's your tech connect. You're connected now with your host. Welcome back to AdTech Connect on Webmaster Radio FM, and I'm your host, Pete Blackshaw. We've heard from Russ Navi of WebShots and Kathleen Gasparini of Label Networks. We next turn to Laura Lang, president of one of the top interactive advertising and strategy firms, Digitas. Laura, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, great to be here. Tell us about your background and how you ended up at uh, Digitas and about your passion for interactive marketing. Well, my background is really quite classical. I was trained in marketing. I uh, have an MBA from Wharton, which equipped me to go out and, and enter the uh, work world in packaged goods marketing, where I learned the very traditional skills um, of, of how people went to market. I'd always been fascinated with behavior and how people um, understand the world around them and the messages they receive. And as I began to understand the emerging world of the Internet, I moved from the packaged goods world into uh, a consulting environment where I, I well, first at Yankelovich, where I learned a lot about social trends and behavior, and then ultimately into a consulting role, helping companies understand the impact of the Internet. And finally, on to Digitas, um, where it was an incredible opportunity to actually influence the way major marketers in this country and globally um, changed the way they went to market and how they created relationships with their customers using the Internet and ultimately now other digital media. So what's hot on the agenda at Digitas right now? What are your big focus areas and what's driving your business? One of the biggest, um, biggest trends that we see in the marketplace is the fact that consumer behavior is 
really changing. For years, we all talked about, oh, this will happen, this will happen, and it is very clearly here now. And the implication is that brands today are going to increasingly be built in the online environment and through other digital media. Increasingly, brands, where it used to be um, a company could control the messaging, are now out there in the world. And their image and their content is increasingly being created by communities out in cyberspace, not just from the company out to Well, I can certainly identify with that. I'm a big proponent of what's known as consumer-generated media, and what we're seeing is that, you know, the fastest-growing media is that which consumers shape and share themselves. It's TiVo-resistant, and it creates long-lasting sources of influence. I mean, how do brands realistically begin to tackle that reality? Rhetorically, it's so easy to say, consumers in control, we must adapt. From a strategy and execution perspective, what does that mean? Does that mean our websites need to be more agile, flexible, better listening tools? Does that mean we need to better partake in conversations? I mean, help us here. couple things. Absolutely, it means websites need to um, be reinvented around the way consumers want to interact. But there's a bigger trend, which is that it's not just about the website. It is actually about ensuring that you can engage and interact with your consumers or customers where they are. And I think this is a very important and fundamental shift. It means that this word engagement that everyone kicks around, well, the truth is that engagement occurs when and where consumers want it to, not just where we want it to um, on our website or on our platform. And so once um, you realize that you have to create opportunities for engagement with your brand, it means that you have to listen and understand where your customers are, where they are engaging, and ensure that your brand is there. And that includes everything from moving past a traditional ad or banner ad to creating engaging experiences that will actually become something people want to engage with. But wouldn't you agree that the web is becoming the biggest catcher's mitt of engagement activities, and not to say that the brand website is the, is the only piece of the equation, but, you know, consumer may see an offline ad on TV and their first impulse is to go to an online community or to go to their blog or to go to, or potentially to the website or go to Google and search. I mean, isn't the Internet playing a growing role as the ultimate repository or sticky paper for engagement? We certainly believe that. We believe not only is it, as you call it, the catcher's mitt, It is also the place where brands are being built, and there's just a fundamental shift in understanding that the way you interact with your consumer online, whether it's through how um, you respond to their search, to how you engage with their own communities, is the place where that real engagement and dialogue takes place. It's the lean forward place. It's the place where you can actually create content, you can actually merge yours with what your consumers create, and actually then um, build the concept of your brand. We believe it is the place um, where the lead, the lead place where brands will be built over time. Completely agree with you. Now, you and I share a similar background in, you know, kind of, you know, traditional, you know, brand marketing where, you know, quote, listening to the consumer is certainly part of the exercise. And it sounds like your, your, your work at Yankelovich probably took that to a much deeper level because you guys really led the thinking on, you know, critical trends. But let me ask you a very kind of candid question. Do companies do a good job of listening? I mean, is that 
at the core, a big unmet opportunity for brands as they figure out how to engage the conversation, adapt to the web. Are they doing a very good job of listening to what's out there? I think they're doing a good job of asking questions. Okay. I do not believe everyone is doing a good job of listening or in understanding the answers. And I think there's quite a big difference. Listening means that you actually have to understand what is happening real time. You have to look at choices people are making and say, why are they doing that? Asking questions is, what do you want? And I think as we move forward and sophistication in in listening skills, we have to understand that listening requires really watching, listening, observing, and being in the moment with a consumer. And that the ability to respond and react in the moment is the ultimate engagement. See, I think you're hitting a critical um, insight for interactive marketing strategy. I mean, what I often found in my experience at Proctor is that we would do four days of focus groups. And, you know, to some extent, yeah, the, it's the art of consumer understanding is partly just figuring out the right questions to ask, but oftentimes we wouldn't figure out the right questions until the fourth day. And the question is, in this new real-time environment where empowered consumers are volunteering so much content on their own with or without our prompting, how do we tap into that in an effort to develop more relevant, contextual, targeted marketing programs, right? Absolutely. And, and certainly for our clients, a lot of what we are doing is saying you must listen in new venues. You must understand who influencers are. You must understand what is actually happening across these communities in as much or in as deep a way as you might traditionally have gone one-on-one to a consumer or one to a focus group, as you point out. If the uh, traditional listening skills were more structured, um, our belief and what we are really urging our clients and working with our clients to do is broaden their concept of listening and recognize that the way communities interact and who the influencers are and how fast things move across the Internet is as powerful a way of listening as the traditional techniques. Now, what about the the CRM component? I mean, you guys are real established leaders in personalized marketing, have been for quite some time. You know, are the interactive marketers paying enough attention to CRM? I mean, by, you know, website feedback, the call center. I mean, is that a new opportunity to almost use that process as currency for relationship marketing, identifying mavens, figuring out the buzz builders. Are the, are the interactive sharps focusing enough attention there, or are we just too fixated on the more paid media activities that typically dominate advertising? Well, I believe that the most sophisticated marketers are absolutely beginning to pay attention to this. And, in fact, the use of data um, across channels, online in particular, is, um, is going to be the hallmark of who really builds the strongest relationships, how the web experiences, how your website experiences are customized, the way you create engagement opportunities. For example, for American Express, we've developed... Um, engagement opportunities that recognize when you come back um, how to serve you content that will be fresh and new to you, how to recognize what you've done. Uh, For many of our clients, we're now working on programs where the customer and the um, consumer can actually help structure what content is served based on their needs at the moment and what they've done in the past. 
So we believe that this is the next frontier. We believe the most sophisticated marketers are already doing it, and that it creates a competitive advantage. Now, you mentioned American Express, and that's an interesting example. I'm, I'm very, very loyal. Um, doubt I'd ever drop. But, you know, they... And, and I think their, their website has really made some incredible leaps, but they're still a brand that, boy, they certainly, you know, send a lot of, you know, mail my way that, you know, I probably open up maybe 10% of it. Um, you know, how are you coaching brands to continue, whatever platform they use, online or offline, to just keep that balance of being contextual, avoiding intrusiveness, and obviously not looking like, you know, they're, you know, going overboard, um, you know, clobbering with us with messages. I mean, is that, is, uh, you know, um, are brands making progress? Is that just going to be an eternal challenge or tension in marketing? Well, the ultimate solution to all of that is to create such a compelling experience for your brand that a consumer reaches out for it. And that is the ultimate um, goal that we have with all of our clients because the best marketing is one that is actually appreciated and engaged with by consumers because it provides information, it provides a service, and it, uh, some of the, the most successful examples of that are where clients are, and customers are actually reaching forward to take the marketing information so that you don't have to use it tools that feel intrusive or like you're not listening to me. And I think that's going to be the future direction for these brands. So, uh, for example, one of the things we did, I'll use American Express and their financial advisor group, which is now spun off as Ameriprise, we recognized that a lot of people actually wanted information about retirement and options, but wanted to engage at their own pace and wanted to engage on topics that mattered. And so we built an interactive experience for them called GetAdvice.com. And when you entered that experience, you actually had a guide that took you through the site. It was very interactive. You chose the information you wanted and at what time. It absolutely did not feel intrusive. It provided a lot of great service, and it was very well received um, by uh, the folks who visited, which is very different than pushing a lot of messages out and saying to people, here, read this. Got it. Excellent. So one last question for you, Laura. I'm a fly on the wall in the Digitas brainstorming for the future session. What are the top items that are going to show up on the whiteboard about where advertising, interactive marketing is headed? Please share that with the audience here. The top things on the whiteboard? I mean, what's, you know, what's ahead in the future of marketing Absolutely. that everyone needs to be really focused on? And if it's repetitive with what you've already said, please repeat it, because I really want to make sure the audience is thinking about the core issues. Okay. The first thing that's at the top of that whiteboard is that it is marketing now. It is not in the future. What we need to do is here today. Below that, it's all about how to create engagement, how to create engagement, recognizing that customers are more empowered, recognizing that communities are created today. They come together. They fall apart. They emerge. Communities are a fluid idea, and that your notion of consumer-generated media is a critical part of how you think about engaging and interacting with your customers. It's all about what can I do today to recognize I need to engage and give people enough value to continue to want to engage with my brand and to help share what they've learned with others. Excellent. Marketing's here today, not tomorrow. Engagement's the operative word. Laura, we are so delighted to have had you on the show. We hope we can have you on again. We look forward to hearing from you at AdTech, and I wish you and Digitas the very best of luck as you strive to maximize value for your growing roster of brands. Thank you. Thank you. 
And to the rest of the audience, please join us next week for another edition of Ad Tech Connect here on Webmaster Radio FM, when our guest host will be Daisy Whitney. Until then, I'm Pete Blackshaw. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you.